Blog Talk Radio. What's going on, folks? It's your boy Long Beach Joe, and I am back at it, back at it, back at it again. <laughs> I'm back at it again, man. Goodness gracious. We have so much going on with the New York Jets, and I am hyped to discuss it. Salutes to all the savages. Val, Ronald, salutes. Everybody in there talking, moving, and shaking. The lines are open. We're going to get to this discussion. Quentin Williams signing a massive extension with the New York Jets. We're going to be talking about hard knocks. It's official. The Jets are uh, have been picked for hard knocks, folks. All right? Also, Asante Samuel is a hater. We're going to be talking about that, too. You know, he can't keep his mouth shut when it comes to the New York Jets. All right, we're going to be discussing it all. So many battles. We've got so much to talk about. Let me, let me, let me get into the show first, okay, because I'm hyped. Listen, I am the man of the people. I'm here for the people. Let me shamelessly promote my Facebook page. Everyone go on Facebook, search Long Beach Joe Jets, Long Beach Joe, oh, excuse me, Long Beach Joe Show, like the page, the content's up there. Go ahead and give it a listen. Message me, I'll message you right back. I love going back and forth with you folks about this football team. Also, leave me some feedback. I want to hear what you folks have to think about the show, okay? Your boy's also on Twitter as well, okay? Go on over to Twitter. Go on over to Twitter. Type at the Long Beach Joe, at the Long Beach Joe, okay? Go ahead, and, go ahead and follow me. I'll follow you right back. We can go back and forth. You know what I'm saying? I love going back and forth with people. Also, I'm on iTunes. Come on over to iTunes, okay? Type in Long Beach Joe Show, Long Beach Joe Show on iTunes, okay? Subscribe to the podcast there. Give me a four-star rating. Give me a five-star rating, excuse me. And uh, let me know what you folks think about the show. I want to thank everybody that does give me a five-star rating. Let me know what they, you know, give me the feedback about the show, how much they enjoy it, you know, what they like and the takes and all that stuff. So please go over there and do that. Go on over to iTunes. Long Beach Joe Show, five-star rating. Let me know how you folks feel about what I'm doing, all right? Your boy is also, okay, live. For those of you that do not know, we stream the show live, okay? I know people listen to me on Blog Talk Israel, Blog Talk Radio, okay, blogtalkradio.com backslash Long Beach Joe. I know people listen to me on there, all right? But if you want to hear the show live, if you want to get involved, with everything we got going on here, okay, if you want to see the savages, anybody want to know why I call my cat the savages? Because they are savage. If you want to figure out why I call them savages, come on over to YouTube, okay? Type in Long Beach Joe Jets, Long Beach Joe Jets on YouTube. Subscribe to the channel. Hit that notification bell so when I post content, you folks will be in the know. Also, give the video a thumbs up. All right? Give the video a thumbs up. Man, you know, there's a lot of people that do not know that, okay? But when they check it out, they'd be like, Joe, you look good. Man, you're a handsome guy. You know, knew your takes were good. Really liked the show a lot, but we didn't know you looked so good. I want to thank you all for that because I appreciate you, okay? Ladies, all right, thank you, ladies. Okay, 
But uh, I'm not a cocky guy. I'm not an arrogant guy. I'm just a guy, you know, that's here to talk about the team, that loves the team, and to share my love of the team with other fans that call in as well, or other people, because some people that call in aren't necessarily Jets fans, but they love to talk about what we got going on here, all right? Go ahead and get involved with all of those things, man. Really uh, appreciate everyone that does. And now it is time to get into it, okay? We have quite a bit to discuss, but we're going to start with Quentin Williams. Callers, everyone on the line, hold on. Believe me, we will get to everybody tonight. Now, the New York Jets have extended Quinning Williams, okay? We've extended Quinning Williams. The deal is done, ladies and gentlemen. The deal is done, okay? And this is a big deal. It's a big deal. All right? We're keeping our own here, okay? Quinning Williams, all right, and the Jets have been able to agree on a four-year deal Okay, the deal is $96 million. Whoa. Quinnen, I just need a, you know, can I have a dollar, please? You know, a dollar, two dollars. You got it. You know what I mean? Can I have a couple bucks? <laughs> Your boy is, you know, it's hard times over here. I'm trying to figure out, you know, where my next, you know, mayonnaise sandwich is going to come from. You know what I mean? Come on, please. Give your boy a couple dollars, all right? I, I could use it. You got $96 million, all right? Come on now. Keep in mind, $66 million of the deal is guaranteed, okay? And this is important because this is the largest guarantee in franchise history for the New York Jets, all right? This guarantee, this $66 million guarantee that Quentin Williams has gotten, it surpassed C.J. Mosley's $51 million guarantee. Wow, right? Keep in mind, C.J. Mosley got that money from Mike McCagney. That was a that was a big deal back then, especially again for an inside linebacker. I remember there was a lot of discussion, and again, you know, C.J.'s been here and has played, you know, at a high level for us, all pro, all that stuff, right? But C.J. got a lot of money, and Quinnen has surpassed that. Now, this deal makes him the second highest paid defensive tackle in the league. All right. Now, keep in mind, he's, you know, surpassed Jeremy, uh, Jeffrey Simmons. Jeffrey Simmons, $23.5 million. But, of course, he's below uh, Aaron Donald. Now, keep in mind, Aaron Donald, his deal is that, that's an outlier, right? That, that's the exception to the rule. That is not the rule, okay? $31.7 million, whoa, you know? But that was a big that was a big question as well around this time, right? Because there were so many things going on with Quinn and William. Conan Williams and so many things happening in this situation. And we were watching guys like Payne get signed. We watched Jeffrey Simmons get his deal. We watched, uh, you know, the, the, the defensive tackle from the Giants get a deal as well. And we were all wondering, man, when is Joe Douglas going to sign Quentin Williams? Like, this, 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 this deal, you know, keeps going up and up and up. The numbers keep going up and up and up every single day for defensive tackles because – Guys are coming out the woodworks and signing new deals with their team. When is Quinnen Williams going to get his deal signed? And we were a little bit worried that the numbers would continue to go up and at some point get astronomical because Quinnen Williams was clearly one of the best defensive tackles in the league last season, right? But Joe Douglas was able to get the deal done. Quinnen Williams is signed. Comes in at about $24 million per. So it's a good deal for us. It keeps him a New York Jet. Now, I'm glad that this deal got done, um, and I'm glad this deal got done for multiple reasons. One, 
it was getting kind of ugly. I ain't going to lie to you. <laughs> it was getting kind of ugly, all right? Like, social media stuff was being, you know, done on social media. Quentin Williams had scraped the New York Jets from all of his social media, which was a little worrisome, right, at one point. Uh, he also kind of made uh, – I, I wouldn't say – because he was using memes and kind of innuendos of that the New York Jets weren't moving as fast or working as hard to get this deal done so that it could happen, you know, from, from their, their side. He made it seem like the Jets were kind of dragging their feet on getting him re-signed or getting an extension, deal, an extension done with him, which was a little concerning as well. Uh, because we were all wondering, hey, you know, could that mean that they don't value Quinnen? Could that mean that they're looking to move on from him? There was just a lot of lot of smoke in the air. But uh, all that was cleared up, and now he's here, and it's said and done, right? Now, another reason why I think that this is a phenomenal deal for the New York Jets is because Quinnen Williams' impact was clearly seen and felt uh, this past season, Right. Quinnen was just dominant up front. He was ridiculous. He was throwing guys around. He was making things happen. He was wreaking havoc up front for the New York Jets and just doing work, just absolutely doing work. Uh, Q's impact this season was tremendous. It was absolutely tremendous. 12 sacks. He led the team in sacks this year. Uh, I think Carl Lawson was second with seven. And uh, you could clearly see that when he wasn't on the field, because I believe he missed a game against the Lions, when he was not on the field, you could see that there was a clear difference, clear difference, and there was a clear lack of, you know, that kind of disruption and havoc being forced when he is when his impact was not on the field, right? Now, another reason why I like this as well is because of what it puts the Jets into, the situation that it puts the Jets into. Listen, Quinn Williams is now locked up. He's back. They got this done before training camp, so that's not going to be an issue. Then you look at what we have coming back here as far as our front, the pass rush that we expect to be unbelievably ferocious this upcoming season. Carl Lawson coming back, second year off the ACL. I thought he looked really good last year, seven sacks. I thought he put in work. Now he's going to be even better because usually that's when you really get your mojo back coming back from those ACL injuries. So he's going to be next to Quinnen. You know, you got Quinn Jefferson as well here, who we just we brought in. AI Woods as well, uh, Al Woods, excuse me, as well. Then you got the other side. Uh, you know, Jermaine Johnson, who we really expect to take a step forward this upcoming season. You also got, uh, you know, Will McDonald that we just drafted, and don't forget Bryce Huff as well, putting in work. So this front is really fortified, and now with Quinnen locked up, right, with it being said and done here. And he's in the fold. He's in the tuck. And there's no, you know, shenanigans or nonsense going on. Everything's sealed up. The New York Jets can now really just focus on absolutely destroying everybody's offensive line. That's what it's going to be all about this upcoming season. And I'm hyped about this. And I'm hyped that we got it done. And another reason that I'm really hyped that we got it done outside of the impact on the field, right, the production that he brings, and not just the production that he brings, but the production that he could bring to other players that surround him, it also shows that the New York Jets are in a different space and it's a different time, right? Anybody remember when the New York Jets were kind of, were not even kind of, were one of the laughing stocks of the NFL? When we were looked at as a circus clown organization that could never get out of its own way, when we were looked at as a franchise that was poorly ran, that didn't understand how to manage money, 
that didn't understand how to manage talent and that could not attract players. There was a time when the New York Jets were looked at as a circus, okay, a complete circus from every aspect, right? Joe Douglas comes in the building. We clean out all the, the nonsense that's been going on. And with this signing, right, the New York Jets show the league yet again that this is a quality-ran organization. For so long, the New York Jets could not keep first-rounders, right? I think the last first-rounder that we signed was Muhammad Wilkerson. That's the last guy that we gave a second contract. There's been so many other guys since then, notably, right? Look at uh, Sam Darnold. He was gone before that second contract. Jamal Adams was gone before that second contract, right? All these guys that we've taken in the first that were gone before that second contract. Well, here, Quinton Williams, this signing shows the league that, yes, the New York Jets can keep guys. You come here, you play hard, you do what we need you to do, you give us production, we will keep you a New York Jet. That says a lot about the organization because that says that, says that you do good drafts, quality drafts right? Because you keep the talent that you bring in. Not only does that say, uh, not only does that say that the New York Jets can do that for the rest of the league, it also says to the locker room, the guys in the locker room, hey, if you show up and you buy in, right? You're telling these young guys in the locker room that you drafted, if you show up and you buy in and you do what we ask you to do, and you listen to the coaches, and you go out there and you play to the wall, and you give us everything that we need to succeed here, and you produce, we will make sure that you remain a New York Jet. We will make sure that you can put food on your table and that you can provide for your family the correct way. We will make sure of it. And that says a lot. That makes guys want to buy in. That makes those young guys want to go, you know, yeah, okay, I'm locked in. Let's go. You, I got faith in you. You got faith in me. I know I, I'm going to take care of you on the field, and you're going to take care of me, you know, as well, and, and treat me right for the production that I provide. Let's get it, right? So that, that's big because that changes the culture of your locker room. Everybody's buying in. Everybody's on one accord. Everybody knows what it takes to get what they want, right? Not only are you talking to the guys in the locker room, right, the young guys and the guys that are here, you're also talking to guys outside the locker room as well, upcoming free agents. I just talked about it a second ago. You remember when the New York Jets couldn't attract a free agent, when we could not get guys in here? Even when we were trying to drastically overpay guys, they were like, whoa, that is the last – I will never go there. Anybody remember the Jets tax? Remember that, right? That's all gone now, Okay. Because with this signing in Quinn and Williams, what it shows guys outside the league is, one, the New York Jets are about building. They're about sustaining a franchise, sustaining a culture of winning. That's what they're trying to do there. It's not just about one year. It's not, no, it's a four-year deal for Quinn and Williams. It's about sustaining, sustaining a level, sustaining a level of success. That's what it's about. And not only that, it's also telling guys outside the locker room as well, hey, you come here, you play hard, you do what we tell you to do, you buy in, and you play like a Jet, you'll be taken care of as well. They're looking around, they're going, ah, I can go to this team, that team. Whoa, wait a minute. The Jets look like a quality franchise, and you know what? They took care of Quinn and Williams. They'll take care of me. Huh. I, I think I'm going to pick the Jets. <laughs> 
Yeah, that's what stuff like this does. So I'm hyped about this extension. I'm excited it got done. I'm excited it wasn't dragged out. I'm excited it didn't go on forever, okay? Of course, there was some little bumps here and there, but that's part of negotiation, okay? That's part of negotiation, all right? But this was a this was a good, good extension, a good signing for the Jets, and it made a big-time impact. So salute to Quentin Williams. I'm glad that he's going to be a Jet for some years to come, all right? Now, we're going to get to the callers in a second, 515-602-9639. 5102-9639 is number. Call in, okay? The New York Jets have also been officially named the team for hard knocks. And boy, oh, boy, I could not be more unexcited. And I'm not the only one that's unexcited about this. Um, (laughs) Aaron Rodgers, you know, also wasn't very excited about it either. Uh, Made a quote that basically, hey, they're going to shove it down our throats, but we're just kind of going to deal with it. There's been a lot of talk and a lot of reports that are have leaked with the quote fingers from around New York Jets facility that they're not the happiest, okay, with this decision, but still and yet it is a decision, okay? So the Jets will be on hard knocks this season. It is official. We'll be talking about that tonight as well. I'm not a big fan of it. I believe that it could become a distraction, um, and I'm not for distractions. And I understand that there's been a lot of people making discussions or trying to drum up discussions surrounding this, saying that, well, you should welcome distractions. I think that that is the most nonsensical argument I've ever heard, okay? When I look at a measure of success recently in the last couple of years, you could argue that the Patriots are one of those teams that really have put in work, built dynasties, they've done their thing, right? We've watched them dominate our division for years. And guess what? The New York Jets, they're trying to look to do the same thing. Well, the New England Patriots did all of that stuff being as quiet as possible, okay? Focus, preparation, and execution will get you a lot of places in this league. It'll put you on the top, right? And that's what New England does. You come in there, you fall in line, you be a good troop, and you do your job. That's their standpoint. Bill Bilitek does not like disruptions. He does not like anything that could be a disruption. He does not like anything that could be, you know, that could distract you from the overall goal. And uh, they've been winning doing that, okay? I'm not a fan of this. I understand when Rex was here, we did that, and that was cool. Rex, Ryan, and that whole coaching staff, the different time. Those are different players, different cast of characters. That is not how Robert Sella wants to run this situation. And that's why he also was afraid of, or not or, uh, against, or he was actually against uh, Hard Knocks coming here because he didn't want it to become a distraction either, okay? But we'll be talking about that, all right? Also, Sante Samuels opened his mouth recently and decided to hate on Revis and Sauce. Um, you know, I'm going to paraphrase some of these quotes. He basically said that Revis, you know, really wasn't that guy and uh, kind of questioned exactly what he did that made him so special, which was mind-boggling to me. Because anybody with a set of eyes, <laughs> I mean, come on. Even Stevie Wonder could tell you that Darrell Revis was a great corner, right? Bums don't get into the Hall of Fame. That's not how it works. <laughs> okay? All right? I, could, I mean, come on. We can bring up the numbers and all that stuff. That just gets monotonous, Okay? 
let's be serious. There's a reason why Revis is going into the Hall of Fame. It's because he was a great corner. Literally, the name was Revis Island. That was his nickname. Revis Island. Why? Because you would be on an island by yourself because you would never get the football. He covered all top receivers, all of them, and he would shut them down on a weekly basis. Weekly basis. Calvin Johnson, Randy, all these guys. Ask Dez Bryant how good of a corner Revis was. Ask, ask these guys around the league that played against Revis how great he was. Come on. But Asante Sam decided to hate on Revis, and then he also talked about how the New York media is the reason why Sauce is regarded as highly as he is, which is mind-blowing, because the New York media has a history of dumping on Jets players, completely crushing the franchise and completely dumping on anything in green and white. But now, for whatever reason, you got people saying that, you got people saying that. You got a Sam, you got a Sante Samuel saying that the media is propping sauce up and making him better than what he is. Come on. Can we get real here? You know, can we get real? Sauce went out there and put it put in the work. Okay? Watch the film. Watch the games. The kid's unbelievable. Every analyst across the league, talked about how this kid does not look like a rookie. There's no way. He must have snuck in the NFL and then snuck back out and got drafted. There's no way that he's a rookie because he doesn't play like one, okay? Come on, man. And don't even get me started on how everyone is dismissing DJ Reed as well. I want everybody to know I'm a big DJ Reed fan, okay? He gets, a, he gets passed up a lot and overlooked as well. He's a darn good corner in this, in this league too, and it's mind-boggling. But Asante Sam is out of his mind. We'll be talking about that tonight. All right, we're going to get to these lines, man. <laughs> you know what it is? You know what it is? I don't listen to former Patriots when it comes to anything about the New York Jets. I just don't, okay? From Asante Samuel to Teddy Bruschi to all those guys, okay, from Patriotville, always want to say something negative about the Jets, no matter what it is, okay? I remember Teddy Bruschi was one of the biggest voices, was one of the loudest guys about the Jets re-signing Ryan Fitzpatrick when all that drama was going on. You got to get him, got to get a deal done with Ryan. You got to bring him back. He's the guy to save your franchise. Pay him, Jets. Make sure you get it done. That's why you guys are a laughing stock. You never, ever, ever keep guys that do well for you. Then we resigned him and gave him the money, right? And then he was the first guy to dump on the Jets when things went south with Ryan Fitzpatrick. Oh, my God. I can't believe you guys overpaid Ryan Fitzpatrick. What a clown franchise. All you guys are idiots. The Jets are always going to be bad, but he was the same guy screaming for the Jets to resign Ryan Fitzpatrick. Teddy Bruschi, ladies and gentlemen. Then you got Asante here hating on Jets. Come on, man. This is... As a matter of fact, both of you are getting flushed. Asante, Teddy, have a good one. Both of you flushed. All right. 
We're getting to these lines, 515-602-9639, 515-602-9639 is the number. Call in. We are taking all callers. We're going to be discussing it all. Salutes to all the savages in the chat. Bow Outlaw, we see you. Bow Outlaw says Asante is smoking crack. <laughs> I don't, you know, I, I'm, not, uh, I'm not putting that on him, but, you know. It sounds like he's on something. I don't know. <laughs> he also says, I don't believe uh, Hard Knocks is going to be a distraction because in 2009, 2010, they did it uh, very well. Well, and I understand that, Val. I, I hear you, but that was a different time, right? Different time, different cast of characters. Keep in mind that there's multiple players on the New York Jets that have come out and talked about that they don't want Hard Knocks here either because they believe it will be a distraction, not just Sella, right? Aaron Rodgers himself, not happy about it. What about Justin Hardy? Justin Hardy, everybody's ignoring Justin Hardy, was a veteran in this league. Justin Hardy came out in April, I believe. This was way back and said, I don't want to have nothing to do with hard knocks. Don't bring it in here. It'll be a distraction. All right? We're a young team. There's a lot of things moving and shaking around here. All right? I don't want to, I don't want to have nothing to do with hard knocks, but still, yet it's here. Salute Toronto Perry as well. He says, Huff is the man. All right? Huff is the man. You got that right. Let me tell you something. Quentin Williams back. I'm telling you, it's going to be something crazy. Salute to GVH. All the savages in the chat. Listen, please give the video a thumbs up. Subscribe if you have not subscribed. And hit that notification bell so when I post content, you folks will be in the know. If you want to give to the platform, the Super Chat is up there. Cash App is at the bottom of the screen. Anything that you give to the platform is greatly appreciated, okay? And from a new caller tonight, when you call in, do, do not curse on my show, okay? It's the only thing. I do not allow. Don't curse, because I'll get you out of here fast. I'm talking fast. Faster than the Sante family needs to get out of here with this nonsense. Get up. Get up out of here, man. I cannot believe that you would that you would talk that crazy about Revis and Sauce. It's mind-boggling. All right, 515-602-9639 is number. Call in. We're taking our call this first. Caller I'm going to is my guy, Ted. Ted, we're coming directly to you. Steve, other callers as well. Hold on. We'll get to everybody because we got quite a bit to discuss. Ted, salutes. I want to thank you for calling in tonight. Before Ted even gets going, because I know he's got some takes, for those of you that do not know Ted, he's a savage. Ted, Quentin Williams, $96 million deal signed. How are you feeling about this, man? Good evening. Uh, Joe, should have happened a while ago. Quentin got his money. Like you said, the players, it sets an example for the other players uh, that have been drafted that we pay the players that you know, perform and, and keep uh, keep their head on right. And mm-hmm. um, players like Sauce and other people, uh, you know, are potential superstars. When mm-hmm. is a potential Hall of Famer, Joe? He's a potential Hall of wow. Famer. Wow, okay. He's healthy. Okay. Yeah, definitely. If he can stay healthy and be productive, he, he can be a Hall of Famer. So he got his money. He deserves it. Joe, one other thing you mentioned about the Patriots. You forgot the word cheating. All the complimentary <laughs> words for the Patriots. You forgot cheating, including Julian Pedelman. Julian Edelman, who I call Pedelman, 
who was caught with PEDs and was the Super Bowl, Super Bowl MVP one year. Go figure that one out. So um, um, it, it couldn't happen to a worse team. Uh, you know, Asante Samuel, you know, the Patriots are probably, I mean, they may not win. In my lifetime, they may not win another Super Bowl. Couldn't make me any happier. Go ahead, Joe. Mm-hmm. listen i hear you and you know there was some some things going on over there with new england i'm not going to deny it right i'm not a patriots fan Mm. i could care less about them but they did win a super bowl in a year i remember uh the they did win a super bowl after uh those issues i believe uh a lot of things that people were talking about they were still able to get a w okay and we watched them Mm. win multiple uh super bowls as well so i understand what you're saying but i I think when you look at the situation, right, mm-hmm. hard knock to me, I'm, I'm concerned about it being a distraction because other players have talked about it as well. I'm a little bit mm-hmm. worried about what it could bring as far as the storylines, right? Because there's mm-hmm. guys that are on this team, and if certain guys are asked questions, like let's say they ask Quinny, or let's say they ask uh, Makai Becton, hey, talk to us about the knee injury that you blame the New York Jets for. Why do you think that they didn't, you know, take more heed to what you said instead of putting you in a position to possibly end your career? You know, mm-hmm. something like that. Mm-hmm. Be asked, not good, right? And th- that's just one guy. Uh-huh. Let's, let's do one more. I want to do one more, okay? Because this is what I'm concerned about. Let's say they bring Michael Carter into the interview room. And they say, you know, Michael, there's been a lot of talks around in the running back situation. I know that the Jets have flirted with Dalvin Cook. Uh, there's been a lot of, you know, discussion about him possibly coming to New York Jet. Even Sully himself has come out and spoken about, over, you know, turning over that stone and possibly giving it a look, right? How do you mm. feel about that, knowing that you could be a guy that can hold the rock and could run the rock if Brees does miss a little time going into, the, into this upcoming season? Don't you feel like the Jets just basically don't have any faith with you possibly being a starting running back? And what about those other issues that you had as far as, you know, Elijah Moore's departure as well? Because you were in big support of him as he walked out the door. If I'm correct, your tweets were he stood ten toes down. Now, when you look at that situation with Elijah and some of the issues that he had with the staff, and then you look at some of the things that's been going on surrounding the running back situation, and maybe they don't have faith in you either, can you speak to us about what your possible problems could be here with the front office and why you were in support of Elijah and why you feel like they don't have faith in you? You see how that could blow up? <laughs> you, cause you're not my response, Joe, would be – Go ahead. My, my Go response ahead. real quick, Joe, would be next question. <laughs> that, that would but be here's it. the deal. I right. hear you, but here's the deal. That is your response. That is not going to be Michael Carter's response. I understand from a fan standpoint. Uh-huh. Like, I get – like. I would be like, yeah, of course. If I was Michael Carter, I was like, you know, the past, and I don't want to speak on that. But he's not going to say that because that's not what he said on Twitter. And that was in a public platform. Michael Carter, and I, everybody knows I love Michael Carter, okay? It's been tough, okay? Especially when he went through that blocking spree and was going crazy. But let me tell you something. Michael Carter, I doubt, is going to, act, is going to answer that question like that. Also, I highly doubt that Makai Becton is going to answer a question in a favorable way for the New York Jets. 
because he just did an interview with Bob Glover where he blamed the New York Jets for that knee injury openly. Didn't just blame them. When they asked him about directly, when Bob asked him about his relationship with the Jets, he literally said, it's whatever. He didn't say, hey, we're good, we've moved forward, you know, I'm in a good space now with them. You know, the passive, he said, it's whatever. Yeah. This was before. <laughs> so do you, like, do you see where I'm coming from, Where why I yeah. believe that this could really be more of a distraction than a lot of other people think? Give me, give me your thoughts on that, just as we're having that discussion. 100% agree, Joe, and uh, that's one of the reasons why I didn't want any part of the hard knocks. I don't think most players mm-hmm. don't want any part of it. Uh, maybe we can wear, maybe, maybe they can wear N95 masks the whole time or during the interviews or something. <laughs> You know, and just kind of muffle everything. I don't know, Joe. It's it's a recipe for disaster. It really is. One slip up can be magnified, you know, into whatever, whatever they want to twist it to. So it is what it is, Joe. We just have to deal with it the best we can, and maybe maybe the coaches will talk to the players and say, hey, you know, you kind of just have to keep everything, if possible, to a minimum. That's the way I would handle it. And I guess the players yeah. that really want to talk about it, we're going to talk about it anyway. Yeah. No, you're speaking the truth. Yep. Now, since it since yep. it is here, right, and we know that it's official and the, and the Jets are, are being forced to do it, outside of Aaron Rodgers, who do you think they will pick to be like part of a, a more comp- like a compelling character, a big piece of the storyline? What player do you think that they will look at or maybe even coach kind of look at and focus on more than the rest. Um, I would say Sauce would be one. I mean, he's an interesting guy. He's uh, yeah. from from big city, and he's got a big game, and um, he's a hard worker. He's got the marijuana dance thing with Aaron. <laughs> yes, <laughs> we got the added, got the added intrigue there. Uh, <laughs> Maybe Sauce, Joe. I'd go with Sauce, number one, and I would say Quinnen. Quinnen Quinnen can talk, and Quinnen's got the big smile, and now he's got the Mm -hmm. big money, too. So um, I'd say those two, Joe. But maybe maybe Quinnen would be number one, quite honestly. I'd probably have to pick him now that that he finally got paid. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Those those guys could could be compelling, Quinnen especially. Quinnen's a funny guy. Uh, he's, He's had a lot of funny moments as far as interviews, too, so I could see that. Now, we're talking about the media, and this leads me to Asante Samuel, right? This guy comes Uh, out and talked about how he feels like Sauce is basically being boosted, not just Sauce, but Revis as well. He kind of, you know, put Revis in there as well, as players that have just been boosted by NY media. That being uh, in New York and playing in New York will make you seem better than you truly are. Give me your thoughts on Asante's uh, spiel, and do you feel like that is true? Do you feel like New York media boosts players that are here? Joe, let me say this. Asante is a very good, was a very good corner, okay? Yeah, Maybe there's was. a little bit of jealousy there. Um, but I can't name other, another player in recent history that was, you know, purposely boosted up. I mean, I'm thinking about even the Giants, like Michael Strahan. They had some, there's some great players that played in New York, not just for the Jets, especially for the Giants when they won the Super Bowls. And they, that guy wasn't hyped. He's a Hall of Famer. 
Um, on the Jets, who were they hyping? Sam Darnold? I mean, what what who who were they hyping exactly? I mean, Revis. You said Revis. I don't think we have another player that's worthy of you know multiple Pro Bowls. I, I can't think of. And you'd have to go way back. Uh, in recent history, we haven't had many, you know, Hall of Fame type players or Pro Bowl type players. So mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe it's sour grapes for Asante. Maybe Asante, was Asante playing when Revis was there? I'm not sure. Yeah, I, I, I think yeah, they were they were in the league at the same time. I don't know how, how mm. long they were in the league, like together, but they were definitely in the league at the same time because uh, I, I, the Jets, uh, we used to play against them. And I think that he, uh, I think Revis talked a little bit about it, but I remember Asante was definitely on the Patriots uh, when Revis was here um, as well. But They didn't play together think, in New England? They didn't play together in New England? I don't think they played. Ah. Yeah, I don't think they played together in New England. Um, Got it. But, one of the things one of the things that you brought up uh talking about the New York media and guys being overhyped I I questioned that the second he saw it because I thought I just tried to think back about any player that I felt the New York media overhyped especially here with the New York Jets and I didn't think of one like that really no. didn't serve it but was over I can't think of one as a matter of fact I think it's always been the opposite right look at our yeah. no disrespect to the beat okay I want to say, before I say what I'm about to say, I want to make it very clear. I love all of our beat writers. I know other people don't. That is your opinion. This is a fan-driven show. I love speaking to everybody. I'll let you, everyone else have their opinion. That is everyone else's opinion, not mine. I like the New York Jets beat, okay, especially Antoine Staley. That's, that's my guy. I really like his reporting. I like Hughes, uh, Connor Hughes and Rosenblatt, all those guys. I have no issues with them. But here's mm-hmm. the deal. The New York Jet beat has had a history of literally destroying the Jets. Does anybody remember Manish Mehta and all the stuff that he had going here with the New York Jets? Whoa. Oh, yeah. Whoa. Leaks, <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. The leaks whoa, and everything. Whoa. Yep. Hold on. Ted, hold on. Manish Mehta. Whoa. Oh, yeah. Ted. Oh, yeah. When I, I know you remember... Remember the nameless reports that used to happen all the time? Yeah. From the New York Jets uh, a locker room, him talking about things yep. and saying things. Now, again, I, I'm not bashing Manish. I'm just saying there was a lot of stuff going on here where uh, nameless reports, nameless leaks from, the, from the, the Jets locker room just destroying the team every single day, right? Mm-hmm. Anybody remember mm-hmm. them following Le'Veon Bell to a bowling alley? trying to say that he would rather go bowling than uh, play in a game? Mm-hmm. What about mm-hmm. when they were bashing Sam Darnold? I remember them bashing Geno Smith. I remember there were, there, the New York Jets beat alone has done more to attempt to destroy this New York Jets football team than anything, than prop them up at I all. I disagree with that. So when he said that, I yep. was shocked. I was shocked. Give me your yep. thoughts there. Yeah, I can't disagree with any of that, Joe. I can't disagree with any of that, but like you said, I don't. I don't think there's a a jet player that has been hyped the past few years. I mean, thinking of Sanchez or Fitz, Fitz Magic. I mean, I don't know. I I can't think of many players. We've had some really really good players, but I don't mm-hmm. think one that's I can say like you said that's been hyped to the point where they it raised their their level. You know, Jamal Adams a little, but he didn't let you know. That didn't last very long either. So, mm-hmm. like I said, I, you have to go out to the Giants, you know, and Michael Strahan and some of these other players that played there, Eli Manning. I mean, then, you know, I don't know. 
I guess they praised them. I'd yeah. have to go back and look. But I'm not concerned with the Giants. <laughs> just think of a New York media in general, though. Uh, you know, I'm yeah. just thinking about the New York media in general. So, uh, yeah. I don't know, Joe. Hard Knocks is going to be challenging on every level. Uh, just, I'd say, maintain our focus and and try to keep things on the down low a little and, and just, you know, have to go through it and just deal with it. I don't know what else to yeah. say. I mean, we're we're stuck with it, so it is what it is. Listen, Ted, phenomenal call from you. It's always great to hear from you. I got other callers. I got to slide off. Thank you for calling in. Next time I have a show, I want to hear from you, all right, my friend? My pleasure, Joe. Have a good evening. All right, you have a good one. Man, listen, we're going to get to everybody again. 515-602-9639. is the number. Call in. We are taking all callers, okay? Please be patient. Believe me, we're getting to everybody, all right? Please give the video a thumbs up if you haven't already. Subscribe if you haven't subscribed and hit that notification bell. So when I post content, y'all be in the know. Next, we're going to go to my guy, Val. Tim, hold on a second. Steve, hold on. We'll get to you guys in one second. We got to get to Val. Val salutes first off before we even let him go, Val. For those of you that do not know, he's a savage. Okay. Salutes, Val. I want to thank you for calling in tonight. Listen, man, Quentin Williams, $96 million deal, $66 million of it guaranteed, the highest guarantee in New York Jets history. Give me your thoughts on this situation, man. How hyped are you about Quentin Williams getting this extension? Paid in full. Paid in full. <laughs> yes, sir. We got it done. We got it done. Man, I'm happy, man. I'm happy. Listen, well deserved, man. Like he, listen, he went through the Adam Gates era. He's been through it yep. all. He's been through the dark clouds. Yep. He's been through the the storm. And when it started shining up, you know, he he's been there. You know, so he rightfully deserves this money. And he's progressing every year. Has he's been on the team, so he definitely mm-hmm. deserves it. And I'm I'm happy for him and stuff. Yes, it did take a little bit of while. There was moving money and stuff like that. But they definitely did this before, which was very smart, before hard knocks, because they didn't want to go in there mm-hmm. with no drama. So that was very mm-hmm. smart by them, cleaning this up as much as possible before hard knocks, because you don't want the drama to linger on until, you know, his contract situation, then we're going to be having a whole story about Hard Knocks, and Hard Knocks would definitely eat that up. They would love that storyline, and we don't want oh, that storyline going around, especially yeah. in the New York yeah. media, as we've been talking yeah. about. So the, the 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 New York media that shows us nothing but favoritisms, <laughs> which is crazy. <laughs> now, hold on, hold on. We're we going to get to that. We're going to get to that in a second. Okay. Now, okay, one, of the things that, one of the things that you talked about, okay, because I, I missed you last week, and I apologize. One of the things that um, – you, you, you okay. talked about there was talking you, you talked about how you know we're keeping him here and and everything's good you love him being here and you started to talk a little bit about hard knocks okay well first off as well i'm shocked that we were able to get the deal done i'm shocked they got the deal done before aaron Rodgers' contract got reworked right that's still in the in the midst is getting done as well we'll see what happens with aaron Rodgers and his deal coming soon but you started to talk about hard knocks, okay? Now, everyone knows, I've made it very clear, I don't like the idea of the New York Jets being on hard knocks. I think it's a distraction. Other people have come out and talked about it being a distraction as well. Hardy, 
We know that Seller didn't want it here. We know that Aaron Rodgers, just listening to him respond to a reporter asking him about it, that he didn't want to hear either. He feels like it's being forced down their throat. Give me your thoughts about this, Val. Am I being a curmudgeon? Am I, am I the guy being the party pooper? Am I ruining things by not wanting hard knocks here and feeling like it's going to be a distraction? Let me have it. Go ahead. Listen, I'm, I'm going to have to disagree, man, because 2009, 2010, as much as, you know, a lot of people don't want to say it, but we went back to back to the playoffs. With, I mean, we had a really good season. I mean, it was very interesting. It was the most watched hard knocks, you know, of course, because, you know, Rex Ryan, he loves to show the – you know what I'm saying? He was all in the cameras mm-hmm. and all in the video, you know. But, mm-hmm. you know, it was definitely very good. It was very fun to watch and stuff. <laughs> it was very interesting, but I would say I don't think it's going to be a distraction. I feel like um, as time goes on, they're going to get used to the cameras and stuff like that. The Lions was on last mm-hmm. year, um, the Detroit Lions, and I think they did a good job as well, too. There wasn't too much of a distraction. Of course, they declined their second year and stuff, but from what I heard, I heard it was really good and stuff, but um, it's, it's all about marketing as well, too. If you're a player that is not really, you know, big a big name or anything like that, this is actually good promotion to actually get your name out there as a free agent or anything like that. So you can also look at it from the bright side of that as well, too. So, I mean, I think but, it's a really good, you know, look and stuff. Okay, mm-hmm. oh, And I hear but, you, Val. No, and I hear you. I hear what you're saying, you know, getting your name out there. But I think that – especially at a time like this what we got going on around here, players need to be more focused on the overall goal. I understand people are talking about hard knocks and marketing. That's the last thing the New York Jets need is more marketing. We have six primetime <laughs> games. True. Six. We're going to be all over, all over. Mind you, I think they can flex one more game into primetime our, for our schedule. We could possibly have seven primetime games. Okay? We have the first Sheesh. Black Friday game ever. We have the first Black Friday game ever. We're going to be on that. And that might be something that we continue for the rest of our franchise history. I'm pretty sure Woody Johnson is going to try to run that, you know, down the table so that we're always on Black Friday, right? Six primetime games, possibly seven. We're going to be all over ESPN. Every camera was at voluntary workouts where Aaron Rodgers showed up, everybody. You know, I I had a camera. I just sent it there. and It it was at the Jets facility. Every single (laughs) camera that you could find, okay, was there. Every cameraman, every everything, everybody snapping pictures. There was more people at voluntary workouts this year with Aaron Rodgers than I think I've ever seen, you know, in a Jets facility. Real uh-huh. Like, everything's turned up. We're all it. over everybody's everything on the NFL network. We're all over ESPN. We're all over every single big box network that you can think of. We don't need hard knocks. Sure. Because, again, you also got to keep in mind, you're talking about guys promoting themselves. We still have a team full of players that are young that are still trying to find their way, right? True. You look at guys like that Will McDonald, there's true. some Jets fans that expect 12 tackles, or 12 tackles, 12 sacks out of him this upcoming season. People talking about Joe Tittman needing to have an impact and possibly be the starting center of the New York Jets this year. There's a lot of things. We also got a lot of moving parts as well, guys that just got here, new guys like Alan Lazard, Nicole Hardman. You know, there's other guys that we're going to be mm. looking at that we're expecting big things from. They just got here. Never mind or never forget the fact that we have a new offensive coordinator, right, with a new quarterback in Aaron Rodgers coming here that's trying to teach and make sure everybody understands the system and the game. And these guys, a lot of these core guys, Aaron Rodgers being one of them, Robert Seller being the other guy that's managing all this, right, 
they're telling you this is a distraction. I don't want it. That's what they're. That's what you're hearing. And especially when you hear it from a guy like Robert Sella, people should take heed because let me tell you something. If this season don't go the way that everybody says that it should go or is thinking that it should go at this very moment, boy, he might be fired. Real talk. Uh, this yeah. is not a joke. Let me tell you joke. something. If the Jets don't make the playoffs or some Jets fans and media have even talked about, even if the Jets do make the playoffs, if they don't make a deep run, that they should get rid of Robert Sella. That's a fact. Does anybody yeah. remember that? Just literally a short couple months ago, people were saying that if the Jets didn't make to get the playoffs, it's upcoming. Exactly. Not just him, but Joe Douglas. By the Seahawks game. Am I lying about it that? It was now? the Seahawks game, man. Everybody. No, you're not lying. I remember this. I, ho- I still hold the receipts. The, that Seahawks <laughs> game where everybody was going after <laughs> Robert Sala's job. Yes. Yes. And, and so with all that. of what we. Yeah, with everything that we have on the line, I'm talking the expectations are at a fever pitch. I do this show on a weekly basis. People call in on a weekly basis and say they have Super Bowl expectations. These are hard fans, Jets fans, that have been Jets fans for years. And they say we have Super Bowl expectations. People call in and say Super Bowl or bust. With all those expectations and everything that we got going, all right, I understand people are looking at it like, oh, it's just hard knock, just more cameras. It's like, dude, that's more of a distraction. There's a reason why the hoodie up there in New England has won so much being quiet. Yep. There's a reason. That's There's true. a reason because he's put that's out distractions. Okay? Now keep in mind, and I, I want to hear from you, Val. I'm going to throw it back to you. Keep in mind, uh, there, sure. have been players, there have been players that we have cut because there were distractions. They have been players that we have not drafted because they are distractions. They have been players that in free agency that we wouldn't even look at because they could become distractions. We've seen it, right? Why would we welcome Absolutely. a distraction here? So just give me your thoughts. Give me your final thoughts on that before we move on to the next uh, topic. Okay. Um, and I totally agree with you. Like I said, it's, it's basically like 50-50 and stuff like that. But at the same time, mm-hmm. when you draft well, and you have the offensive rookie of the year, then you have the defensive rookie of the year, rookies that showed out and actually played like elite talent, going to attract people to actually pay attention. And, you know, as, as much as we love to be under the, the, the scope and stuff like that, we are in a big market and we made big, huge moves. So, uh, exactly, mm-hmm. like a lot of people is going to start talking about us. They're going to start, you know, favoring us, and it's going to be Super Bowl or bust. And we actually got the media's favorite quarterback, but he's also on a – I mean, I'm not going to say he's in a hot seat, but he has something to prove as well too because now he actually has weapons. He has legit weapons. He has a defense, and he's trying to get out, like, you know, out of the first round because he was in a little slump when it comes to the playoffs and stuff. But now he actually has, mm-hmm. you know, that talent. And I definitely understand this schedule is no joke. This this schedule is no joke. So I absolutely agree nope. with you as well, too, because, you know, man, we don't have no breaks when it comes to the schedule at all. It's like straight up we have to get the chemistry rolling right away. We have to get everything yep. going right away because our um I think our bye week is like in the middle or like towards like the beginning of the middle or something like that. I think but it's, it's week not seven. late. So week seven, yeah. So that, that's, that's – I believe it's week that's seven. That's bad. You know what I'm saying? 
Yeah, I, I'd rather it like week 10 or something like that, but, hey, it is what it is. Yeah, that's why I seven. guess they're giving mm-hmm. them a break now. I guess, yeah, that's why I'm, I'm guessing they're giving them a break now so, that, you know, they can get their rest up and everything because it's going to be a very tough season, and we got a lot to prove, and a lot of people is going to be gunning after us and stuff like that. So we got to be prepared that's for that as well, too. Because you already – as much as like everybody says, the media is ready to write those tabloids of oh the the same old Jets. You already know that's going to be coming as well too. But now mm-hmm. we, we have actually talent that can actually turn that around because we actually have a quarterback. Like I said, no more loading the box and stuff like that. So you know, yeah. but I, I, I can see. I, I can see the both sides when it comes to hard knocks, and yeah, I'm gonna just pass it right back to you. But I'm definitely gonna be in tune. I'm gonna be watching. I'm pretty sure you're gonna be watching as well too. Um, I don't think it's gonna be that bad, in my opinion, when it comes to distraction and stuff. But I definitely understand yeah. your point. I'm not gonna jump all over you. I definitely get it. Mm-hmm. You know. <laughs> no, listen, and, and again, I respect <laughs> everybody's standpoint. I understand why, you know, there's Jets fans that are the opposite of me, and they want more of the team. I get it. Even though I don't like it, I don't like the fact that we are being forced on hard knocks. I'm going to watch it for sure. I'm a Jets fan. I for sure am going to watch it. Oh, yeah, for sure. But would I prefer for us not to be on it? I would prefer us not to be on it, to be completely honest. But I understand why there's a lot of Jets fans that are in a complete opposite of me, and they're saying we want more green and white. I get it, right? We're, we're a compelling, compelling <laughs> story, okay? Now we're speaking about stories now. This is my final question for you. This is speaking about stories, okay? Asante Samuel, man, <laughs> <laughs> comes out and talks about how the New York media boosts the profile crack. of players. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't even have to press his hold on, hold on. Hold on, hold on. button. Yeah, hold on, hold on. Asante, you heard it, man. You heard it. You're smoking crack. Stop. <laughs> Hold on, give it to him twice. Give it to oh, him. Man. Crack. Stop. Got you got him. Listen, oh, listen. He comes out. I, I just I gotta ask you. He comes out and he says that the New York media boasts, boasts excuse me, the profile of players. Right? He basically says that Sauce is not what people think he is. You know, he's not. Uh, you know, that basically he's not that guy. And he absolutely came out and talked about how Revis really isn't that special, and he doesn't understand why people <laughs> even think he's special. Give me your thoughts on Asante's, uh, you know, take. And also, do you, think that the New York, do, do you think that the New York media boosts the profile of players here? Do you think that the influence <laughs> of the New York media makes players seem better than what they are? Give me your take. Oh my God! Whoa! <laughs> I wish. Yeah, but all right. So, let, how can we get started here? Okay. So basically, man, Asante Samuel, I don't know what side of bed you just woke up and you just decided to hate on Sauce Gardner that's only been in the league for one year, and he's a rookie, so you know he still has some time to go. And I feel like you know you can't judge a a, a, per, a player off of one year, but his one year was like tremendous. You know what I'm saying? That's a year that you, like, he's already elite cornerback. They already have him as number two, but he earned that because he put in the work and he shut down the best wide receivers. Even even Geno Smith, if you go back to the Seahawks game, Geno Smith was trying mm-hmm. to test out Sauce Gardner, and Sauce Gardner passed the test because he kept trying to throw it to um 
um the the big wide receiver um ah I think, DK Metcalf yeah yeah DK Metcalf yeah yep mm-hmm. he tried to pass it to him a, a whole bunch of times try to throw dimes to him and could not make it work because Sauce Gardner was all over him and it wasn't working so that basically tested it out against Green Bay Aaron Rodgers um um a very good passer shut down Allen Lazar mm-hmm. as well too so you know mm-hmm. hey man. Sauce Gardner is that guy, but like I said, it's going to be a lot more times coming. And even the Buffalo Bills, you've seen at the end of the game. Um, yeah. And, uh, um, yeah, Josh Allen, he tried to throw a, a dime, and definitely mm-hmm. Sauce Gardner was all over it, stuff to pass and everything. So, yeah, you know, and that's just off the Sauce Gardner situation. Now, Darrell Revis, come on now. Come on. 2009? <laughs> Woo! 2009 alone? Are we going to talk about Revis? Now, hold on. Listen. Asante Samuels, you was the same guy that dropped that interception against the New York Giants and lost the, the, that game when you could have demanded and ended that game and y'all, you would have got your third ring, but you did not do that. Ooh. And if that was Revis, that would have definitely been an interception 100% and you dropped that ball. So you're going to have to live with that one, buddy. So, yeah, you mm. cannot come out there with Darrell Revis because Darrell Revis shut down every number one wide receiver. And who was he, um, Anton um, Samuels was covering? He was covering number twos and number threes. Mm. So get that straight. Mm. Darrell Revis was covering number ones until the last of his career. So I'm not trying to hear that. Don't ever do yeah, but... the legendary Darrell Revis. Revis Island mm. for a reason. Now, mm. <laughs> and, and, and can we even talk. get to the um? And can we even get to the media? All right, are we gonna talk about the butt fumble? Well, hold on, hold on, hold on. We're gonna talk Go about ahead. the media hyping up the players and getting them better and making them better. Do the, the the butt fumble for Mark Sanchez? Um, the yep. lacking of the eye of Geno Smith. Uh, who mm, else? Draw, uh, yeah. um, Sam Donald, Sam and Ghosts, Ryan mm-hmm. Fitzpatrick, um, Ryan mm-hmm. Fitztragic. <laughs> come mm-hmm. on now, come on. The media mm-hmm. does not show no mercy when it comes to the New York Jets. It's always the same no. old Jets. Always been the you same old forgot. Jets. They even. Oh, go ahead. No, yeah, I, I don't mean to stop you, but you even forgot some things. We we t- you talked about Geno Smith, the, the broken jaw, how to. The the the, uh, the nameless yep. reports from Manish Meta, how they ran Rex Ryan up out of here. Remember how they were just all over him. What about Sheesh. what about all the reports about what was going on between the New York media, mainly like Manish Meta and Joe Douglas, right? Like all all the stuff. What about them leaking Arthur? Like it was it's it's been in, it's been such a bad it's been such a bad relationship. And this is just the Jets beat the the former beats, right? The relationship between the Jets beat and the team has been awful. That's why when Asante said that, I looked around and was like, what? What, <laughs> Bro, what are you talking about, man? <laughs> That's what I'm saying. <laughs> what are you, bro, what are you saying? We don't get no like, love what are you from talking the media. About? <laughs> right. We don't, don't get from no love the media. From the media. And, and, and like I just said, Val, that's that's literally Jets beat. We're not talking about national media. The national media has been dumping on the New York Jets forever. Hello? Oh, Bro, man, we've we, been getting crucified. We oh, just got Aaron Rodgers, and there are full-blown segments where they're talking about how trash Aaron Rodgers is now. 
All of a sudden, the what? second the Jets got Aaron Rodgers, no he was way. trash. <laughs> wow. I didn't I'm even hear that. That's them. crazy. That is crazy. Bro, I can't even believe Bayless. that. I can't. Skip Bayless. Just, oh, yeah, Skip, Skip, don't Bayless like, just yeah, came Skip out. doesn't like Aaron Rodgers. Skip <laughs> yeah. just came out and said that Aaron Rodgers was overrated. Just came out and said that. There yeah. were multiple segments through the media where they were talking about how Aaron Rodgers is not really that good ever since he chose the New York Jets. That's a fact. This just recently happened. So when you got a Sante I will, I will like say, that, like, what are you talking about? Go ahead, Val. I'll give you right. the last word. Okay, yeah, yeah. Now, I will say um, Skip Bayless has been, like, accurate when it came to that. He's always been consistent of, like, telling, talking about Aaron Rodgers being, you know, overrated and stuff like that. So I'll give him that. But other than, other than that, like, other media outlets that you're saying that said that, that's kind of crazy. So that, that just goes to show you that they do not like the Jets at all. But this is the, actually the first time that they actually talking about the Jets as a whole. You know, because they usually mm-hmm. talk about the Cowboys, the Patriots, and this, Facts. that, and the third. But they would never talk Facts. about the Jets. And if they do talk about the Jets, it's all about the, scru- the scrutiny that's going on in the background of the Jets, of who's getting paid mm-hmm. and who's not getting paid, or the coach is yep. terrible and this person needs to get fired and that person needs to get fired, and Woody Johnson mm-hmm. doesn't know what he's doing, and that, that, and the third. So, yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, that's that's basically it. And also, um, not to not to be too long, not to be too long, but mm-hmm. we definitely need to sign. If we don't get Cook, get Quan Alexander. We need him back. We definitely mm. need him back. Okay. Yeah. And that's all. Yeah, I, I don't know say. what's going on with Quan. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what's going on with Quan. I don't know why he hasn't been resigned yet. Uh, I know that he's openly having discussions with other Jets players on social media, but we'll see what happens. Listen, Val, I want to thank you for calling in. Next time I have a show, I want to hear from you. All right. Yes, sir, Joe, man. Everybody hit and like, subscribe to that um button. And thank you, Joe, for having me. And, yes, Asante Samuel, get off the crack, man. <laughs> I'm not even. You're smoking crack. Stop. <laughs> that was good one, Val. We're going to keep on going to these lines. 515-602-9639. 515-602-9639 is number Call in. We're taking all callers. Next, I'm going to my guy, Tim. I got to come to Tim. North Carolina, Steve, hold on a second. We'll get to everybody. All right, new callers, hold on. We're going to Tim. Salute, Steve and Tim. I want to thank you for coming on the show. Before Tim gets going, listen, Tim is a savage, man. Salute, Tim. How you doing? How you doing, Joe? A lot of What's going on, man? A lot of things moving and shaking. I'm going to start off with this, man. Asante Samuel has decided to come out and talk about how the New York Jets media basically boosts up the uh, identity of players, okay? Some guys really aren't that good, particularly Revis or Sauce, but uh, he says uh, the New York media has helped them really raise their profile. What are your thoughts about that? Um... Yeah, I was listening to the previous caller. Great call, by the way. Um, Got me fired up. Um, You know, from the outside looking in, you know, it's like whenever you look at another team's players, you never you never want to think that they're better than your your team's players. So it's Mm -hmm. it's just natural. It's just natural to downgrade their talent from the outside looking in. Mm -hmm. Now, now. As a, from a Jet fan perspective, 
we all know that when things aren't going very well, the New York media can be extremely uh, ruthless, right? Mm-hmm. Um, however, however, when things are going well, they can be a powerful force for a lot of different things, for psychological impact on opponents, for confidence to our own players, kind of rising them above a level that is basically unattainable through other uh, geographic media locations, save maybe a couple. So, you know, I tend to see it when things are going well, which I, I would say on a whole right now they are going well uh i think the new york media could be a juggernaut for a force of good now yeah but when has that ever been though tim when has that ever been though because as long as i've been a jets fan even when things were good and that's what the quote fingers even when things were good they were still dumping on the jets still well and this is i'm not even even talking about national media I, i can talk about our beat personally Watch, watching yeah, our beat attack yeah. the Jets, making a negative headline Rich, out of Samini. anything and everything, right? I, I believe that Quentin Williams, yeah. Quentin Williams did this one time, or they were trying to get Quentin Williams in an interview, and the guy asked him a loaded question, and he was, he was just about to answer it, and then he realized what the beat writer was trying to do, and it was this <laughs> – he had a big smile come across his face, and he said, I see what you're trying to do. <laughs> he yeah. literally told him, yeah. I, I cannot remember what the guy asked him, but he knew because why? They've been exposed to that before already. They've been coached. Yeah, to be, it's not good. Has had a history. Yeah, yeah has, exactly. Has had a history of trying to drum up negativity out of anything. And we, I just talked about the Manise Meta, the stuff that went on with him here, legendary, right? You look mm-hmm. at a lot of the stuff that's been going on. So I, when I hear Asante Samuel talk about how the media has boosted profiles, especially, again, Sauce is not a bum at all. Like, he no. literally is one of the best corners in the league. But then to hear him turn around and talk about Revis as if Revis is nothing special at all. He literally said that. He said the stats. That, well, stats matter in this league, right? Stats yeah. show everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't see what he did that was so special. When he said that, I was like, bro, are you crazy? Like, every take from this guy stinks, man. Oh, brother, this guy stinks! <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, I, I, I mean, he, he probably, give me your thoughts, he picked though. the two, he picked the two worst people in history to go after. I mean, I don't know what he was thinking <laughs> with that, but, uh, I mean, like, what, I mean, come on, dude. Like, I mean, I, I mean, after one year, Gardner is well on his way to being one of the most, yeah. like, coveted and, and beloved cornerbacks in Jets history. Let's just be honest yeah. about it. Yeah. You know, he's already on the, he's already on the short list. Um, mm-hmm. after, and that's after one season. So if this guy, if he, if he can manage to stay healthy, it's just going to be amazing to watch. Asante Samuel, I'm thinking, quite honestly, Joe, I'm thinking that he's trying to get some kind of, like, radio spot or some kind of, uh, you know, job Man. as a co-host on a local television sports show. Yeah. And he's just he's just drumming up some publicity for himself. That's all I think it is. Because outside of that, well, there's no explanation. Well, I mean, it's, it's, it's wild to me now, Tim. As we continue to move forward, because Asante is on, I don't know what, what's going on with him, but <sighs> Quentin Williams, $96 million yeah. contract, $66 million of it is guaranteed. 
highest guarantee ever in the New York Jets history. Give me your thoughts about this extension, and what do you think it says about the culture change that the New York Jets have gone through since Joe Douglas has become their general manager? Okay, I will answer that, but can I just put in a quick tidbit about um, the media that we were speaking on before? Oh, yeah, go, go ahead. I'll, I'll let you finish up on that. Go ahead quickly. So, so I just remember one of my favorite, favorite uh, back pages of all time was when they were playing the Patriots in the playoffs, Ooh. And they, and they had on the back page, they had a full color page of all of the Star Wars characters. And Bill Belichick was Darth Vader. And Rex Ryan, mm-hmm. I think, was, was uh, Han Solo. And Sanchez was, uh, was Luke Skywalker. And I think Mangold mm-hmm. might have been uh, Chewbacca. <laughs> mm-hmm. and, 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 I'm, and I'm just saying, like, the buzz that that, that – that back page created throughout the state of New York or New Jersey at that time, you know, was a force for good. You know what I'm saying? And so the media can be a force for good. So that's all I wanted to say there. Um, mm-hmm. Going back to Quinn and Williams. Yeah. I think, I think we've, we've, I don't know why it took so long for the organization to come around to the idea of keep your young developed good players and then pay them a whopping sum when they prove themselves. I mean, you know, that should be a yeah. no brainer. Um, mm-hmm. so for Quinn and for Quinn and Williams, going back to what Val said earlier, you know, he was right. He did come in during a, uh, period of transition for the organization where there was some instability at general manager at the coaching level, oh, yeah. at the team level, at the player level. And he kept his head down. He didn't make a whole lot of noise and he kept it moving. And by the third year, you know, a lot of that, uh, discipline paid off, obviously, and we mm-hmm. started to see this hu- huge impact. So, great choice to pay him prior to the season. Uh, again, like Val said, no no reason to go into this to hard knocks with any any easy low hanging fruit for the media to to pile onto, um, mm-hmm. and 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 less distraction. So, my take on it, uh, if you want to talk about um, the culture change, I think it was, it's been very obvious. And I think Robert Sala has been the leader of that. Um, I think his mentality, his philosophy is really starting, you know, cause I, I see Robert Sala as the type of person who is very, uh, articulate, um, very calm natured, very focused, um, very discipline oriented, um, and that's the kind of leader that we need in a market like New York, you know, where things can be very chaotic. Uh, yeah. And, and, you know, is, is he going to make a mistake here and there? Of course. He's only, he's only a human being. You know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. but, but by and large, I think the culture that he's brought into the organization, he, he is also, if you notice during the negotiations with Aaron Rodgers, like he's also – uh, to me, it seems like has made a very positive impact on Woody Johnson himself, as well as Joe Douglas, mm-hmm. and and yeah. and vice versa, and, and maybe vice versa in Joe Douglas's case. Um, those guys work together so well. Joe Douglas is 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 doing a great job drafting players into this system for Sala. Man, I just, I mean, if they just keep up what they're doing now, I, I can't see how we don't succeed. You know? Yeah. And I, and I think that 
what a lot of people are losing sight of, and, you know, we, we go back and forth and we talk about this football team constantly, but I always go back to, I think that this is also a sign, you know, with us being able to uh, keep Quentin Williams and have him want to be here and sign an extension. And honestly, he kind of fought, you know, even publicly. He put it, he was very clear that he wanted to remain a New York Jet, right? He talked about it as, as uh, you know, post-season uh, presser, the final, the final presser of the season where he talked about how, hey, you know, I want to be signed. I'd like to be here. I'm not going to show up to anything voluntary until they sign me. Uh, even the stuff that he did on social media, scraping his, his social media of Jet stuff, um, coming out, kind of alluding to the fact that the New York Jets are dragging their feet. Stuff like that comes from players that want to stay on the football team. And I think that that goes back to wanting to be here because he understands what's being built and what's being maintained here. I think a lot of people, when we talk about the New York Jets, especially not being able to keep our former first-round picks, a lot of those guys are gone. But a lot of those guys were gone because we didn't have the structure to keep them, right? Jamal mm-hmm. Adams, mm-hmm. as much as I did not like Jamal Adams, and I was, I was the guy that wanted him gone for various reasons, and nobody wanted to hear me until it got so loud that you couldn't not hear me, right, was because mm-hmm. we didn't have the structure to keep him. Jamal Adams was the front-runner. He did not want to be here through a rebuild. We were not being built correctly. We didn't even have the depth to really compete at a level to keep him here. So he was the only thing that we could move to get solid capital back to do what? Do what we're doing now, build to win. And I said that years ago. I said that about a year, maybe a year and a half before it actually happened. I was talking about getting rid of him, and people looked at me like I was crazy. Well, look at what happened. The capital that we utilized, that we got from him, those two first-round picks and the other picks that we got, it's been utilized to build this football team. That's how we got ATV. That's how we yeah. got all the yeah. well, well, players at impact positions that have turned this football team around, right? Look at what happened with, yeah. with even, even starting off with Sam Darnold. We didn't have the structure to keep him to try to put him in a position to figure out who he was because we didn't have the time to do that. Because when he was drafted, he was given bad coaching. Right, the team was not built correctly. There was no protection, no weapons. We didn't have the time to to give him to figure out if he's the guy or not. Even Joe Douglas even said that if we didn't have a top ten pick, we would not be trying to draft a quarterback. He would be here. We didn't have the time to do that. We had to attack when we could and move forward. So good GMing and building depth and building the football team out the way that we have helps you retain guys because guys want to be here. Guys understand that I can be a guy that can be a cog in this team that can be one of the guys that can be the future of this football team for you, that will infuse a level of talent that will push us to where we need to go for years to come. Give me your thoughts on that, Tim. I mean, you're absolutely right. Um, going back to the Jamal Adams uh, time frame, you know, there was mm-hmm. that's going back to what I was talking about. There was a period of, volatile instability in the organization following Ooh. the Rex Ryan yes. success. I mean, you, you could even yeah. argue that it was pretty, it was pretty chaotic leading up to Rex Ryan. And then Rex Ryan just kind of maybe under his own fiery personality, just kind of pushed that organization to success, but not necessarily the most organized while he was there either. And following that, it was just a series of, you know, this guy in, that guy out, this guy wants this type mm-hmm. of team, he, dra- he dressed this way, but then he leaves and the other guy dressed this way, and they just could never get it straight. And to your point about uh, why, you know, pointing to the culture change and why players now want to stay after their rookie contract, mm-hmm. uh, it, it's due to the fact that we, we, all those reasons you mentioned, but also because when you draft a class together and you can bring the guys in together, let's say three, four mm-hmm. guys 
you know, two years in a row. So now you've got eight guys that are one year apart. They're, you know, they're all newbies in the league. And you can keep all of those guys, or, or let's, say, let's say, you know, five out of the eight turn out to be starting talents. And, you know, those five guys play together and grow together for a period of like three years. You know, it makes me think mm-hmm. of guys like Michael Clemens and John, uh, 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 Jermaine Johnson and um, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Bryce, uh, is it Bryce, uh, Bryce Hall, the, the defensive? Uh, well, edge. I mean, okay, uh, like, yeah, just look at this recent draft, like uh, Garrett Wilson, Sauce, Jermaine Johnson, Brees Hall. Yeah. yeah. All those guys. I mean, if you Go could, ahead. Yeah, you keep you keep all those guys happy mm-hmm. and growing together and successful, and you bring in veterans on top of that. You sprinkle them in in a very calculated fashion to to keep these guys mm-hmm. on the rise. And then by the time the rookie contracts are over, you may not be able to keep them all, but if you can draft perhaps uh, you know in the in the window between Aaron Rodgers, let's say we get two years out of them, if you can mm-hmm. draft or at least unlock Zach Wilson in some way then you are set up to then pay those guys when their rookie contracts are up, and then maybe you get a break on, you know, a, a quarterback skidding in that, that happens to be successful. You know what I'm saying? And then you can yeah. keep those yeah. guys. But, but if, you know, but if not, either way, you're building a culture where you have long-term uh, success potential, where mm-hmm. before it was yeah. like, they were, they were so confused between win now and build that they could just never mm-hmm. get either of them right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's some bad general managers. Let me tell you, Mike McCagnan, my Lord, I remember going off. He's one of the worst general managers the Jets have ever had. Now, as we as we're talking about and having this discussion and we're talking about te- this team and expectations, we all know expectations have been raised, right, Tim? Um, mm-hmm. Hard knocks. It's come a calling, all right? And the New York Jets are being forced to be on hard knocks. I have been called a curmudgeon. I have been called a party pooper. I have been told <laughs> that I am a stick in the mud, okay, a person that doesn't like fun uh, because I don't want the Jets to be on hard knocks. Neither does Aaron Rodgers. Neither does Sella. Neither does Hardy, right? Uh, Justin Hardy. He doesn't like it as well. Jets corner a great Pro Bowl special teamer. He don't like it either, right? I don't like it either, but here we are. The Jets will be on hard knocks. My final question for you is give me your thoughts about this, about the Jets being forced to be on hard knocks, and outside of Aaron Rodgers, who do you think will be a compelling character that they focus on? Uh, outside of Aaron Rodgers. Well, I think I – think... It could go either way with Zach Wilson. They might want to focus on him. They might not. Um, but he might be an interesting character to focus on through through training camp just because of the storyline with him being demoted, bringing in Aaron Rodgers. You know, they love to really mm-hmm. juice those, those old uh, storylines. Um, let's see. I would say, or l- let me say this. I hope that they would focus on people like uh, C.J. Mosley, uh, Sauce Gardner, um, mm-hmm. Uh, Garrett Wilson. I would love to see a lot of footage of Michael Clemens. I mean, you know, the more the better of Michael Clemens. Uh, yeah. You know, if you want to get fired up and, um, 
you know, there's just so many personalities on that team that I would love to see more of that it's kind of hard to narrow it down to a few. Obviously, Aaron Rodgers is going to be there. They're obviously going to spend a lot of time focusing on Robert Sala and and uh, Hackett, probably. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you know, I, I I feel like they're so used to the cameras being around all the time for one Jets drive that the only the only potential uh, issue that I can see happening would be some sort of, and let me finish on this, some sort of erroneous uh, storyline that they kind of, uh, you know, create or fabricate in the editing room. But we've already learned that mm-hmm. they're gonna have, the Jets have the Jets have final cut, right? Mm-hmm. So they get to re- review all the footage before it's released, and they can say whether it stays or goes. So, I mean, mm-hmm. you know, just that just that process alone might be a distraction where they actually have to go through the footage and be like, do we want this? Do we not want this? But they might have like a specialized PR rep to do that for them. I don't know if it's actually going to be the people themselves going through the video, probably some lawyers mm-hmm. and things like that. But, uh, <laughs> but I don't, I, yeah, but, but I don't really, it's, I don't really honestly see it as impacting too much. Um, if they choose to edit mm-hmm. it in a certain way that maybe, you know, throws shade at certain people or tries to create some sort of false rivalry between our players or false competition. Um, yeah. That would, that would be very disappointing in my opinion, because I think we're poised to see one of the best Jets seasons ever. And I, I just cannot selfishly as a fan, I want to see it from head to toe. I want to see, I want to see how, you know, the, the mouse with the cheese in the field, on the third practice, if this goes the distance and this becomes a Super Bowl season, we're going to look back and thank, you know, and, and be thankful that we have all this footage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm not, I'm not a big fan of it. Being completely, I don't like. It. <laughs> I know. I don't like it. Oh man, I gave I you my like best it. elevator I'm... speech there, and he just <laughs> shot it right there. Wow. No, I listen. I gotta to go back. I gotta go. I gotta go to a webinar or something. That was phenomenal. Listen, Jim, I want to thank you for calling. I got other callers. I got to slide off. Next time I have a show, I want to hear from you. I apologize for missing you last week, man. You know I love uh, going back and forth. With oh, you, what, but, uh, yo, wasn't, it wasn't your fault, bro. My my son was going to sleep on to take a night to me, so I popped off. It's not your fault. <laughs> you have yourself a good one, my friend. All right, you too, man. Good talking to you. Take care. Go Jeff. All right, have a good one. Listen, man, there's a lot of talk. I, I tell you, I don't like it. I do not like Hard Knocks uh, being here. I just don't. It's just a distraction. Salutes to GVH in the chat. I do come to the chat, and we will get back to the callers in just a second. Steve, North Carolina, I'm coming to y'all next. GVH, my guy, salutes Savage. He says, Joe, do you know if One Jet's Drive will still happen? I could see One Jet's Drive being able to fact-check HBO by playing more of any interview play for ratings for HBO, just a thought. He also says that Sean McVay says being on hard knocks gives you a competitive, a competitive disadvantage because it puts information out there. Do you agree with that? Um, I do think – I'm pretty sure that one test drive is going to continue. Uh, they're going to continue to do their thing. Flight 23, uh, from the stuff that I've seen, has been pretty solid, you know, pretty, pretty good stuff that they're doing. I like a lot of the interviews that they do there as well. Uh, Eric Allen, I believe, is the guy that does interviews. They have other guys too, but – He's definitely, you know, one of the Jets guys that handles business out there um, with the Jets media stuff. So I think they'll continue to do their stuff. It's not going to stop them. They put out quality products. So uh, 
I hope that they continue. I don't know for sure, but I'm pretty sure that they're going to continue on doing their interviews. They're not going to let um, Hard Knock stop their operation whatsoever. Now, Sean McVay, again, vet coach, okay, guy that's been to a Super Bowl, won a Super Bowl, has done – if he's telling you it gives you a competitive disadvantage because it puts things out there, listen, teams are constantly around this league are constantly looking for any edge, anything, anything, okay, signals, anything. We were talking about the Patriots earlier. They've gotten in trouble for poaching signals, right? They've also been rumors about them owning other teams' playbooks. All kinds of things, okay? Now, again, those are rumors, okay? Those are rumors. Now, the signal stuff, that's been talked about a lot. Those are rumors with the cameras and stuff like that, all right? But uh, let me tell you, you let those cameras in, they start filming certain things, you know? You got a guy that's on another team, maybe in your division, he's scanning everything, trying to look for an edge. I could see a team finding it. So Sean McVay, you know, you letting it be known. I just don't like it. I, I don't like hard knocks, man. I like it for other teams. I just don't want it here. There's big expectations this season. And I don't want us to get led astray in any way, form, or fashion. Salute to GVH in the chat. Keep asking those questions in the chat. Val Outlaw says that Sam Darnold was coached by the offensive guru. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Adam Gaze was awful. He was awful. We're going to keep getting to these lines again. 515-602-9639. is the number. Call in. Savages in the, in the chat. Keep going. I'll come to y'all. All right? We got guys on the line, and we need to get uh, to them. Folks on the line, excuse me, and we will get to them. Please, again, be patient when you call in. We'll get to everybody. 404. Hold on a second. Next. We are going to my guy, Steve. Steve, we're coming directly to you, North Carolina 404. We'll come to you in a second. Steve salutes. I want to thank you for calling in tonight. For those of you that do not know Steve, he's a savage. Steve salutes. I want to thank you for calling in tonight. Quentin Williams, $96 million deal. $66 $66 million of that guaranteed. I would like a dollar or two, Quinnen, if you're listening, okay? My cash app is at the bottom of the screen. Anything you can give, Quinnen, would be greatly appreciated. Steve, give me your thoughts about this deal, and how do you feel about Quinnen Williams being a New York Jet for the next four years? Hey, Joe. Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me on your show. It's a great. It's always great to hear from you. You know, let me tell you, man, Thanks. getting Quinn Williams signed is a great thing. You know, it, 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 of course, really, really started off, you know, a few months ago when he deleted his stuff from the Jets because it showed that he won his contract. Guess what? He finally did get his contract, and it's a good thing we did it before training camp, before training camp. And it, and it felt great, though, that he got paid. He got the money that he mm-hmm. deserved. You know, the four-year, $96 million, he's going to get $24 million per year. He's also guaranteed a $66 million bonus. So it's mm-hmm. great. It's really, really great. And I'm happy for him, you know, that this won't be a distraction going into camp this year. Yeah, I am as well. And like you said, uh, that that's a big thing for, for me too. Going into camp, it's not a distraction, especially with all the expectations uh, of production that we are looking forward to from this New York Jets front, right? Our pass rush is what we're really – 
looking to be leaning on this upcoming season, especially with us wanting to take the next step in becoming Super Bowl uh, contenders. You know, uh, everybody has Super Bowl expectations. Let me tell you, if you can't rush the passer in this league, if you can't chase Patrick Mahomes and get him on the ground, then there's going to be some problems going forward, especially, again, and not just him, other upper echelon teams that we have in the AFC, all these AFC quarterbacks we got, Lamar Jackson, uh, Joe Burrow, Herbert, all these guys, right? We're going to have to chase those guys and put them down, and our pass rush is going to have to do that. So it's exciting just to have that guy locked in, no distractions. Everybody's going to be focused, ready to go. Impact on the field will be felt, not just from you know an individual standpoint, but as a collective for the unit, he's going to be able to make things happen uh, for the other guys on the football team. Now, another thing we were talking about, man, hard knocks. What are your thoughts about that, Steve? I don't like hard knocks being here with the New York Jets. Don't like the idea of it being a distraction. How do you feel about it? You know, listen, I'm not I'm not that crazy with the idea of us being on hard knocks at all either. But you know what? At the same time, though, it, it, I mean, it is what it is. I mean, obviously, you know, with the fact that we've now been having Jets one drive, I think that started back in 2018. You know, we've been having that since 2018, and now we got to do the thing with hard knocks, and now we have to do the thing with hard knocks again. But, you know, but, but the thing is, is that, Joe, I'm not that crazy about it, but, you know, the reason that hard knocks, unfortunately, has to happen is, is because the NFL wants to do it. Unfortunately, yeah. unfortunately, Joe, it's the NFL that wanted us to do this. I mean, because mm-hmm. the thing was you went to other teams, and the other team says no because we don't want to do it. But the reason why we have to do it this year is because we have Aaron Rodgers on the team. But the, th- but the thing is, though, Joe, it, it's just that, listen, I'm not that crazy about us being – on hard knocks again. I know everybody all the NFL around is going to be like, oh, we hope it's going to be the same thing, you know, when Rex Ryan did it back in 2010, you know, because a lot of people still say to this day that when the Jets did hard knocks back in 2010, a lot of people said it was the best hard knock series that they've ever seen. But, you know, listen, mm-hmm. listen, at the same time, listen, at the end of the day, Joe, like I said, I'm going to say it again, not that crazy about it, but it is what it is. Yeah. Yeah, listen, Steve, I hear you. I just I understand people talking about 2009, 2010. Those are phenomenal those phenomenal time here, right? But that's just a different coach. Rex liked that stuff. A lot of bravado, ego. He wanted the cameras in his face. He wanted all the attention on the team. He would get up on a podium and announce that the Jets were going to win a Super Bowl every darn year. Every year he would say that, and he believed it. And he would not only do that, but he would also let other teams around the NFL know that he was coming to – take their heads off every single year he would do that. And I, and I get that, but that's Rex. That's not, you know, coach Sella. That's not the way he does business. He's all about going about it quietly and handling, you know, handling things on the field. Uh, even, you know, even when you hear him talk about, it, he's, you know, not the biggest fan of it. I just say that, but you know, who else is not a big fan <laughs> of what the media can do? Uh, Asante Samuel, right? My final question for you, oh, Steve. Asante oh, Samuel came out. Oh, yes. Oh, 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 Steve, Steve, oh, listen. Steve, oh. Steve, Steve, listen. I mean, Asante Samuel came out, and he said, you know, Revis, he doesn't know why he's so special. Uh, New York media basically boosts the profile of players. He talked about Sauce as well not being as good. Now, I was 
I had a question mark, uh, you know, on my face when he said that. I was wondering, like, what are you? What? Bro, what are you talking about, man? I I didn't know. I didn't understand where he was coming from, but he made the take. Give me your thoughts about Asante and his attack on Revis and Sauce. You know, you know what? The first thing I'm going to say is Asante Samuel, he can kiss my you-know-what, okay? Okay. Okay. That's, that's, All right. That's All right. First thing. Okay. That's the first thing I'm going to say. That guy has okay. no idea what he's talking about. Darrell Revis was a first ballot Hall of Famer. A first ballot mm-hmm. Hall of Famer. And you're going to call out a first ballot Hall of Famer? Oh, you know why, Joe? Because he was a patriot. He was a mm. patriot. A patriot. Mm. A patriot. The other guy who you mentioned, uh, the other um, patriot guy uh, who called out, remember, a few years ago, of uh, we got to re-sign Ryan Fitzpatrick, whatever the hell his Teddy name Brewski. is. Um, Teddy something. Teddy Brewski. Teddy yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. he was a patriot. Oh, my God. You know what, Joe? I hate that team so much. You know what? Listen, Joe, I'm not going to worry about that because Asante Samuel's opinion doesn't mean anything to me. Mm. You heard okay. those words coming out of his mouth. I did. Steve, I, listen, you have got to take – listen, before I let you go quickly, Dalvin Cook, nothing really as of right now. Not a jet, right? We're doing this live. Maybe they signed him a second ago. I don't know. But he's still out there. Do you think that Dalvin Cook becomes a jet soon, man? What are your thoughts on it? Quickly. Maybe. Uh, listen, I got to believe it when I see it. But you know what? Listen, if we get him onto the team, he would be a nice addition to the team. But you know something, Joe? The last thing, I'm just going to say something really quickly. We report into camp next Wednesday. It's exciting time. The wait is finally mm-hmm. over. We're going back to training camp on Wednesday. You know what? They're gonna Quinn and Williams will be will be reporting on time. But now one thing is left still that's a key missing thing to this defense and a lot of Jet fans want this. They want to re sign Quan Alexander. I don't know if you because yeah. that's something we got a chance to talk about, Joe. What do you think, Joe? Yeah. Should we re sign Mr. Quan Alexander? I think we should. I don't know what's going on. I don't know why he hasn't been re-signed. Uh, he's still talking to Jets uh, players publicly, but we should sign him. Give me quickly your final word on it. What are your thoughts? No, I think we should. We definitely should, okay? Listen, Joe, yeah, great talking to you a lot of way. J-E-T-S, Jets, 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 let's go. That's what I'm talking about. Listen, get Quan in the building. We need linebacker help, okay? I'm not as sold on Sherwood or Nazaldine as other people are, I guess, you know. I'm really not. Quincy Williams and C.J. Mosley are the guys. After that, I'm very confused about what we have there, okay? 515-602-9639 is the number. Call in. We're taking all calls. We're going to keep getting to these lines. Next, I'm going to go to my guy from North Carolina. Atlanta, we're coming to you next. New callers, hold on a second. Salutes, North Carolina, before we let him go, he's a savage. Man, it's been a second since we've talked to you. Quentin Williams, $96 million deal, $66 million guaranteed. My friend, how do you feel about this? I think it was a good move by the Jets. It was uh, long overdue. We had been waiting for a while and anticipating this. 
and I was so relieved and glad to hear the news. I know we're going into a, a very important phase for this team. You know, we're going into the uh, yep. getting ready to start a season, and uh, and then we have all the talk about hard knocks and uh, and all the media spectacle that's going to surround this team. So I think just to get that off the table, one less thing to be brought up and mentioned, you know, on hard knocks, one less thing the better which is the uh, yeah. Quentin Williams contract. So that was a good, good uh, chess move by uh, Joe Douglas. My compliments to him, as always. Got it done, mm-hmm. got it done again. He came through, and uh, yeah. I'm very happy. What do you think this says about the culture change that the New York Jets have gone through since Joe Douglas has become the general manager due to the fact that they were able to retain a guy from a first round, right? Uh, how many guys has That's right. come and gone that we've taken in the first round and we couldn't get that second contract, but Quinny Williams is a guy, gets a second contract, gets a massive you know, deal, he's the highest guaranteed ever in franchise history. What does that say about the culture change that's gone here, that's gone through here with the Jets? Uh, I think it says a lot about uh, – <clears throat> Joe Douglas's plan, and I remember the press conference and what he what he said about this team and the type of players that he wants. Uh, Quentin Williams, he uh, represents that in, in every way, on the field mm-hmm. and off the field. Uh, he's a class act. He's, he's nothing but a good man, and uh, you can't have enough uh, good people the caliber of a Quentin Williams. So it was mm-hmm. a good, good move getting his contract done and structured in a way that it doesn't uh, hurt the Jets and allows us to maintain our salary cap uh, flexibility going forward. So it was an excellent move. I'm so glad we got it done. I knew it was going to get done. It's just a matter of time, you know, a matter of when, (laughs) not if, Mm -hmm. but uh, I'm glad. I'm so happy. Yeah, I thought it was was a good move all around. But you know what I think isn't a good move? Hard knocks, forcing the New York Jets to be on the program. (laughs) You know what? I hate this. I want to try to. I hate it. I want to try to shine shine a little light on this for you. And uh, check this out. Shine away. This is preparing. This is preparing the Jets for the big stage. This is preparing us for the Super Bowl. The combination okay. of the competition on the field and the media attention and uh, the publicity that's going to surround this team is the perfect storm. It's preparing us. And what I'm glad mm. glad about is we have a seasoned quarterback, a seasoned OC that's worked with that quarterback, and a head coach that's in his third season. I might have been a little concerned as Fowler was in his first year, you know, rookie and trying to figure it out, you know, how to run, you know, get his ideas together about how to run this program. I'm glad he's in his third his third year, and I feel very relaxed about him, and I'm so glad he's our head coach. He's he's a solid yeah. man. He, he yeah. he's tough. <laughs> he looks tough. He's well articulated. Mm-hmm. He's very intelligent. He's very thoughtful. He's not set in his ways. If he makes a mistake, he's willing to own up to that. And uh, he's a quick study. He learns. He doesn't make the same mistake. He took this unit from the, the bottom of the barrel to almost being the top unit in his comeback mm-hmm. season. And um, I'm really anticipating what he what he's going to be able to do. I know he's going to delegate and turn this thing over to his head coach, to his uh, OC and his quarterback, but it's going to be interesting to see what kind of a jump this team makes in offense. It's going to be very fascinating. And I've seen this team turn it around 
from having one of the worst special teams to now having one of the best special teams and then having one of the worst defenses and then the following year having one of the best defenses. And now last year we had one of the lower rung or rated (laughs) offenses in scoring in the red zone. It's going to be interesting to see what kind of jump we make this year in offense. I am so excited. I am so happy. And, uh, I mean, I can't express it enough, you know. With and that's, everything with that's Joe why, Douglas, our general manager, and yeah, yeah. But and and, and uh-huh. I, listen, I understand. You know, you shine your light, and you know that light was bright. I'm not gonna lie. You know, but uh, oh, here's yeah. the deal. You just talked about uh, uh-huh. you know our offense, right? New offense, new offensive oh, coordinator. Yeah. We all know that offenses generally take quite a while to install, right? Even Aaron Rodgers, when that's Matt true. Lafleur first got there with the Packers, it took them some time to really get some things together. It's new verbiage. Guys got to know where they're at. We got a bunch of new players here. I just don't like the idea of hard knocks being a distraction. And when you have a distraction like that, (laughs) it could distract us from the main goal, the main purpose of what we're trying to do here. Distract guys from where they need to be, what they need to be doing, what they need to know, just the office, all this stuff. And especially other things that could be brought up because let me tell you, if they – Interview Makai Beckton and ask him about that knee injury, bruh. It, he he'll give you an answer. He'll give you an answer, but I don't think well, it's the answer y'all want to hear. I'll say this. Right? Go I'll on. say this. It's good that we have a well balanced locker. The Jermaine Johnsons, the Sauce Gardner, the John Franklin mm-hmm. Myers, the Quentin Wheels, the C.J. Mosley, and uh, the Garrett Wilsons to counterbalance. The, the more volatile personality, the Makai Beckton's, is with this locker is set up in such a way to counteract that, you know, the immaturity yeah. and, and childlike mind of uh, Makai Beckton, unfortunately. He's got a, <laughs> got a man's body, but I'm not so sure about his uh, level of maturity, you know, where his mind is, you know. But it's good to have the right North mixture Carolina. of players to counter that, you know. Makai. Yeah, listen, North Carolina takes a shot right, with Kyle. You know? <laughs> now, don't get me no, wrong. I, I called him. Oh, yeah. I want to say something real quick, uh, a thing or two. I've called Makai Beckton the prototype, which he is, on any, yeah. on every level in terms of his physical traits. And, uh, you know, I've called him the new wave of tackle that's going to come in. But mentally, you know, he's still got a little bit of growing up to do. And also about the Asante Samuels thing, I want to go ahead on that as well. Yeah, Asante Samuels is wrong. Do you remember a man named Reginald Martinez Jackson? When you talk about the New no. York media, and you remember when no, George Simon arrested his soul, when he signed Reggie Jackson, look up Reggie Jackson, New York Yankees. Reggie Jackson, mm-hmm. for his time, was the Yankees' second coming of Babe Ruth. He was a monster. The man hit three home runs on three consecutive pitches in the World Series to become the World Series MVP and win the World Series. That's the level he was on. But prior to that, because he got signed to the biggest contract in the history of free agency at that time when George Steinbrenner assigned Reggie Jackson from the Oakland A's, he was under so much pressure. Now, we talk about the New York media now. He was under so much pressure and scrutiny. He rose to the occasion, and if anything, that elevated Reggie. It made him dig down somehow 
and take his game mm-hmm. to a whole nother level. That was like, I've never heard of that. Three home runs. Do you realize three home runs on three consecutive pitches? It's like you only see three pitches in three at bat. And with each single pitch, you hit each of them three pitches out of the ballpark. You realize what kind of level, what kind of zone you have to be in to do that? Yeah. And one of the last pitches he hit out was straightaway center field Yankee Stadium. Have you ever seen Yankee Stadium center field back in the day when the fences mm. were back? There's a black mm. stairwell, you know, to keep the, you know, the hitter from seeing the background, you know, with the ball coming in. Mm-hmm. There was a black stairwell. He hit that ball to the top or middle of that stairwell. That's the third and last home run he hit. That's the level Reggie mm. Jackson was on. But it's just to emphasize a point about New York media and what Sante Samuel was saying. You know what it is? It's a shock jock thing. All these guys want to use the shot. It's, it's Skip, ba- or Skip Baseless. It's uh, Colin, <laughs> Colin Cowturd. It's all these guys that want to use the shot jock. Shot jock can only work to a certain point. But once people, uh, it's playing on people intelligent. Once they figure out there's no substance behind the shot jock, the shock jock effect is going to wear off very quickly. Very quickly, you know, and that's why ESPN okay. is in trouble and laying all them people off at ESPN. You heard the word about ESPN, right? <laughs> How they laying off all those guys? Why? Because the internet has changed the game. It's opened up a whole new world, allowed guys like you to get out there and who's really cares about sports and some sense of objectivity and trying to have your information together and having some facts. People like you. Uh, 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 Ryan from 24-7 and all the other mm. platforms we have built up now and other sports fans have their own platforms built up as well. The world is different now. We don't rely on mm-hmm. the mainstream, so-called mainstream media now, the three big CBS, ABC, mm. and, uh, and uh, 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 ABC, CBS, was it, NBC, the three major yeah. networks, and what you say, yeah. ESPN and Fox Sports, mm-hmm. we no longer rely on that anymore. So what it is, they're mm-hmm. desperate, and a desperate man is a weak man. <laughs> Everybody figure that out. They're desperate, so they're using this shock jock approach to get attention. I mean, it may work the first time around, but once you go to the well too often, it loses its, its, its luster. It wears off. Yeah. And people can sense yeah. that, you know what I'm saying, that you don't have oh. your facts straight. You're just saying things for attention, and that's what Asante Samuel is doing. You know, and it's really disappointing coming from him because he's played sports. He's not like Cal Hurd and, and Skip Bayless and them. You know what I'm saying? I'm like Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> Aaron mm-hmm. talked junk about us. What a guy. I don't know who you were talking to. He was on one of the You should have heard it. It was fun as I don't know what. He called it. He said it was unathletic, no ass. <laughs> he talked junk about him. It was funny as I don't know what. You should have heard it. He was funny. I ain't know Aaron Rodgers was that funny. But he was hilarious at how he was talking about them riders and stuff. They don't like Aaron. You know why they don't like Aaron? Because Aaron don't kiss their butts. If yeah, anything, yeah. they he should bow down before time. him. That's yeah. right. They should bow down before Aaron. Aaron is an actual professional athlete that's performed at a very high level. That's hard for yeah. any quarterback that have been in this league to perform at his level. And they try mm-hmm. to, you know, diminish it by saying he's only been in one Super Bowl. How many quarterbacks have only been in one or won one Super Bowl? Was it was it uh, yeah. Peyton Manning, Dan Marino, who went to a Super Bowl? You know, and unfortunately for him, he didn't win that Super Bowl, and that was the mark of his career. That doesn't diminish him. Mm-hmm. These are some of the best quarterbacks yeah. that ever played. You know what I'm saying? But, you know, 
I just had to throw my little I, two cents in, and I really appreciate yeah. you, Joe, for letting me speak. I know I was going on a little long, and I was sorry for that. <laughs> but uh, I got a little excited, but uh, it's great to have this opportunity. And thank you so much, Joe. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you so much for calling in. You have a good one, my friend. <laughs> you too, Dad. All right. We're going to keep on going. Listen. People are hot. Asante, he said what he said. We're going to keep getting to these lines, 515-602-9639. Next, we're going to Atlanta, man. We're going to go to my guy, Atlanta. He's going to be the final caller. Woo! For those of you that do not know, my man from Atlanta, hey, listen, he's a savage. Listen, my friend, I want to thank you for calling in tonight. I just... People are mad at Asante Samuels. Uh, I don't like hard knocks. Quinton Williams, $96 million deal. Let's start there. What are your thoughts on that? Uh, yeah, I mean, like, uh, what's up, Joe? But but like your previous caller said, man, that, that, was, that was always a win, not an if. So I, I just think we have to always remember these franchises are always looking at escalators and bonuses and when they kick in. And when another person's deal is done, that determines a, a lot of uh, about when somebody yeah. else's deal gets done. So th- this was yeah. always going to be done in the correct way. You knew you were going to pay him, and you knew you were going to pay him a lot of money, and deservedly so. And, and the beautiful thing about this is this is not one of those contracts where you're paying a guy for past performance. You are paying him mm-hmm. because what he is right now and what he's going to be oh, two yeah. to three years from now. So deserve it, yeah. and congratulations to him, man. He earned that. Yeah. That was a phenomenal point. That was a phenomenal point talking about you're not paying a guy based off, you know, he's not old and decrepit. You know, like we've done in the past where we chased free agents that were really on their last leg, that really were just trying to give us something new. You're paying a young guy that is continuing to do his thing, that's going to come in and give us production that we're going to be able to continue to utilize for the future. That was a great point there. Now, I hate hard knocks. I hate the idea of the New York Jets being on hard knocks. I hate that we got forced on hard knocks. People have tried to, uh, you know, make it, make it put a more positive spin on it, right, because I don't like it. What are your thoughts on the Jets being forced on hard knocks, and are you concerned about it being a distraction? No, I'm definitely not concerned about it being a distraction. I think distraction is this carryover from the 80s to where every football coach brought it up as the bane of their existence, and we've just kind of continued it uh, up until now. But with 24-7 media, social media, and everything else, hell, I'm doing fantasy football drafts right now, sir. So, like, I, I just don't <laughs> think distractions mean anything anymore in today's world, man, because everything moves so fast. We don't have time to be distracted because we're moving on to the next thing. So I, I, I don't think that'll harm them. I, and, and, and let me put it in these terms, too. When we think about hard knocks, mm-hmm. the NBA pre-LeBron pre and Curry, during that Spurs period, the NBA had a problem. What was the problem? The San Antonio Spurs were the best team in the league. Popovich invented the idea of load management. And they mm-hmm. weren't good in interviews, and they did not promote yep. the league. As we used to say in the hood, they didn't put their five in, so to say, as promoting the league. So when you got yeah. a premier franchise like the New York Jets, and I'm saying premier mostly because of where the New York Jets are situated and how long they've been around, 
This helps promote the league. Look, they're going to be selling jerseys of people not named Aaron Rodgers in Wisconsin. Why? Because they're going to be watching to see what Aaron looks like. And then they're also going to see that special teamer who's trying to make the team uh, who everybody falls in love with, which happens in every hard knocks, uh, the guy who's going to get cut, and then they're going to follow that guy and see where his career goes. Like, we know, we know the setup for hard knocks. Like, they do the same thing every year. It's just different characters. And I, mm-hmm. I think this is just going to be really good for the NFL because you actually have a compelling story. This is the great Aaron Rodgers trying to get that second ring so he can move into that rarefied air of quarterback because we already know he's a Hall of Famer, but he wants to sit next to those guys. And by those guys, I'm talking about Brady, Montana, and company. So to do that, he needs another one. So look, man, this, this is a compelling story. So I, I, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm with it. And then to the uh, strategic advantage people out there, I hope they saw that interview the other day with George Kittle where he was talking about uh, the Kyle Shanahan offense out there and how so many plays are set up for counters for other things and different looks you want to do. One thing that will be a beautiful thing that will work out for you in week four is you set somebody up in hard knocks with a look that they believe they got down to the to the last detail, <laughs> and then you run some type of option or, or counter off of that and get seven off it. Like that little, little little change can be a payoff for you, man, because as you know and I know, the plays are similar across the league. It's how you set up your formations and, and, and what changes you can make through motion. So. I think yep. you can manipulate that a lot better than what people think. And uh, good luck to all the teams who waste time uh, trying to prepare for something that maybe they never see all season. Man, I cannot wait to see Nathaniel Hackett calling. And, man, it, the work that I think he's going to be able to do is going to be phenomenal, not just with Aaron Rodgers, but with just the running game. I'm ready to see the reemergence mm-hmm. of the New York Jets running game. That's what I think – is I'm most excited for, right? Aaron Rodgers, I know he's going to go out there and be Aaron Rodgers. It's going to be great to watch him. But watching the New York Jets be able to utilize the running game through him, because everywhere he's been, he's had a solid running game. Even with the Jags, everybody knew Leonard Fournette was going to get the ball, and that boy still got the ball and was running for a bunch of yards, right? I cannot wait to see mm-hmm. what he does play calling-wise. You're just talking about the, the, the offense and that, that West Coast Shanahan offense just took me there, but before we let you go quickly, Asante Samuels attacked, attacked Revis, attacked Sauce, talked about the New York media boosting players and their profiles. What are your thoughts about this? Quickly, we're running, we're running short on time. What are your thoughts on that? Uh, I, I think he's hurt, man. I, I think Asante Samuel <laughs> was a really good player. And I, I think, you know, we, we saw Revis's, uh, you know, comebacks to what he was saying. And I, yeah. And, yeah, Bubbles killed him his whole career. We all know. He's yeah. a risky guy, but yeah. he got a lot of picks. But I think, ultimately, this is just a guy who's hurt and kind of lashing out because he's not recognized as the great corner that he was. The problem is he just went a little too high on the totem pole. It's like, dude, you're, you're in the whole other – you're not in the Revis category. Like, that's a whole other level of cornerback. You're, you're a little ways – you know, you're, you're further down. Still great. Still playmaker. But you're nowhere near Reba. So he should have jumped on somebody mm-hmm. else. And I, I think a lot more people would have been on his side. But once he came for Revis, man, it just became comedy at that point. Like, <laughs> yeah, Revis yeah, responded yeah, with man. some brutality. Revis is very brutal. 
when he needs to be. Man, he is vicious. He is vicious. And the worst thing about it, you know what the worst thing about when a person is as vicious as he is, but it's factual, it hurts even more because you really can't combat it with any kind of logic. That's when you just got to throw it all away and just say something crazy. You got to talk about somebody. Yeah, Mama, so, like, you got to go way out. <laughs> yeah, somebody hacked my phone or I just, I just, I just go crazy on you. <laughs> That's all you can do in a moment like that. So, but. Whatever, you know. Yeah, but like, on, his, on his best day, he was never retired. So there's no No. Concern. Oh, and, and la- let, let me get this in lastly. To your Dalvin Cook mm. question. Uh, mm. Yeah, Dalvin would be a great addition. I just don't think it'll happen because Dalvin is really looking for a nice payday, and so far mm-hmm. there are no takers. So he's going to eat a piece of humble pie, but that humble pie is not going to be that big to where he takes, like, some men – Men that offer from the jet because yeah. we just don't have the money to allocate for that position because it's already filled out. Mm-hmm. We're we're trying to see if our young guys are going to make the team by you know Zonovan Knight and some of those guys if they're if they're mm-hmm. going to crack the roster. But yeah, Dalvin is, is a really great player. He'd be a great addition. It's just too costly, and yeah. I don't think he's crazy enough to take a vet man. He shouldn't, but if no. he does, hey, thank no. you. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think he'll take a vet minimum, but I do think that uh, there's there's teams that he's flirting with, and I think the Dolphins are clearly one of them, and, and we're the other. But I gotta slide off because they're gonna cut me off in a second. Next time I have a show, I want to hear from you, man. You always give great takes, man. Appreciate it, man. Good job with the show as always, and let's go, man. We're gonna get this hard knocks in, brother. Absolutely. Thank you so much again for calling in. <laughs> Listen, okay, this has been quite a show, a lot of heat. I got to shut it down, okay? <laughs> About to start hating on your boy. You know, y'all know how blog talk do. Listen, I'm the man of the people. I'm here for the people. Let me shamelessly promote my Facebook page. Everyone go on Facebook, search the D-Long Beach Joe Show. Like that page. My content's up there. Go ahead and give it a listen. Message me. I'll message you right back. I love going back and forth with folks about this football team. Also, leave me some feedback. I love thinking about what you folks think I do here on the Long Beach Joe Show. I'm also on Twitter as well, at the Long Beach Joe, at the Long Beach Joe. Follow me. I'll follow you right back. You want to troll me? No issues. I'm the troll that lives under the bridge, and I will have my Vera Tucker jersey on at all times. This year, you just wait. Fight on. I'm also on YouTube as well. Okay, come on over to YouTube. Type in Long Beach Joe Jets, Long Beach Joe Jets on YouTube. Subscribe, hit that notification bell so when I post content, you'll be in the know. Also, give my videos a thumbs up if you have not already. All right? And, again, comment back and forth. We'll troll each other. And, as always, people, when you see me in person, it is arms out, chest open, free hugs for everyone. Free hugs for everyone that will cost you nothing. They will always remain free no matter what anybody says. Okay, I want to thank you folks for watching, listening, interacting with me any way that you can. You folks are greatly appreciated. You folks have a good one. Good night.